بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم رب الشح لي صدري وسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا أما بعد as قاري يوسف just mentioned at the end please you requested everyone to move forward so I request everyone inshallah to follow this prophetic sunnah of uh, sitting as close as possible together inshallah let's not leave these big gaps and you'll see very clearly if you sat outside and listen to a talk and you sit up here you there's a completely it's like you know you're in two different events so sitting outside in the lobby or sitting uh, in the back of the masjid is very different from sitting up front and the closer we are uh, to the talk and to the center of it alhamdulillah the more spirituality every one of us will get and as he mentioned that everyone is uh, going to receive based on what the effort they put into it, based on what you, we come to the talk or any talk and any of retreats, whatever we come with, that's what, uh, if we come with a large bucket, then we're going to take a bucket full back. If we take up a small glass, an espresso cup, then that's what you take back. So, so let's make niyyah that we all have come with large big drums to be able to fill up with as much spirituality as possible uh, from this gathering and from this event. Second thing we should make niyyah for in all our events here, in any talk that we go to, Ya Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am the most in need of what is being shared. From all those who are here, there's no one who needs to listen more than I do. Ya Allah, allow me to hear those words which will be a source of answering my questions, which will be a source of spiritual benefit to me, which will be a source of removal of any type of confusion in deen, in dunya, which will become a source of, uh, of some sort of rejuvenation. And based on our sincerity of our niyyah, inshallah, we will definitely get the answers that we require. Number three, we make niyyah of immediately putting to practice whatever we can. And number four, we make niyyah as we're listening that we're going to propagate this to the level best, to our level best, through our actions, through our words, through our writings. Wherever we get, wherever we get a chance, we will spread the message of deen as being explained in the programs that are taking place over here. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in the Quran regarding Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's prophethood. He says, لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been kind upon the believers and He has showered His blessings upon them by sending a prophet amongst them. And that prophet, Allah Azza wa Jal makes it very clear what it was the responsibilities of that prophet. He would recite the verses of the Quran. And right after that, Allah Azza wa Jal mentions it. Allah Azza wa Jal sent these prophets, specifically Rasulullah, but generally speaking, all the prophets. To purify the soul. The purification of the soul is one of the main purposes of prophethood. One of the main obligations and responsibilities the prophets were sent with. And that, as it's commonly said, the mankind usually is working on things, usually working on material things, usually working on various types of metals, various types of alloys, and trying to build various types of things, be it jets, be it bulldozers, be it uh, uh, plastic bottles. They're always working on, some, on material to build more material, larger material. But the prophets, they didn't work on this material, the prophets worked on the human heart. They worked on the human heart. 
That is the ultimate material. That is the ultimate material. Because if this human heart comes right, then the entire human body will come right. And if this human comes right, then the world will come right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, chaos has spread in the heavens and the earth. Chaos has spread on, on earth and on sea because of the actions of man. Mankind's actions have such a strong overarching effect upon the rest of the cosmos. That if this mankind and this human being becomes disrespectful to Allah, disobedient to Allah, then the evil effects of that, it penetrates to every section of not humanity, but every section of the world. Every section into the space as well. As the Quran says, In all oceans, in the oceans and at land. And now we're seeing what happens, that the filth has gone into the sky. What happens in the planes? What happens in the jets? What happens through the, is, uh, sp the various new space stations? What is happening in orbit? And man is trying to go into space. So the field is not restricted now anymore to the earth or to the sea. But he's taking it into the heavens as well. All because of this one small human being. He is the Khalifa. He is the one in charge. When a, when a, when a classroom is left behind with a substitute, for example. If the substitute says, alright, boys, girls, today is I'm a substitute teacher. We're going to have lots of fun. And, uh, you know, decides to just walk out of the classroom and leave these kids to themselves or take them out into the park and leave them, what will happen? That one substitute who has been given responsibility of the class, if they choose to walk out, then subhanAllah, the chaos that will spread within these 20-30 students is, is unbelievable. But if that one person who takes his role serious and says, I'm a substitute, but I'm going to make sure that these children are well behaved and they learn something beneficial today, then that's exactly what will happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He left us in this dunya he, and He gave us His responsibility and made us <clears throat> as vicegerents. And He says, I am going to give you tests, trials, tribulations. I'm going to give you things that are attractive to you, things that are not attractive to you. And I'm going to see how you will react, how you will interact and how you will lead in all of these scenarios. So the onus is upon us. If we want to bring things, uh, if we want to make things right, then the, there's no one to look at besides ourselves. If we want to bring, if we want to bring world peace, if we want to bring, uh, uh, you know, love and comfort amongst the people, you want to bring uh, the end to pollution, you want to bring the end to deforestation, you want to bring to the end of the end of pollution of the oceans and the skies and the heavens. You know, and, and, and all sorts of other things. Where do you look at? You don't have to look at it left or right. You just look at ourselves. We are the root cause of these problems. And if we come right, then everything comes right. And if we go wrong, then everything goes wrong. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam was, and the prophets made effort on that most important material, which is the heart and then look, going beyond that to the entire human body. Alayna fil jasadi la mudgha. Ida saluhat saluhal jasadu kullu. Wa ila fasadat fasadal jasadu kullu. Ala wa qalb. Listen, there is a piece of flesh in this human being. There's a piece of flesh that is so powerful. This is the king of all parts of the body. That if this comes right, the rest of the body comes right. If this goes astray, and if this becomes corrupt, then the rest of the body becomes corrupt. Listen, that piece of flesh is the heart. So the Anbiya came here to work and make an effort on the hearts. And Rasulullah very 
important purpose of his prophethood was tazkiyah, was to purify. As the Quran says, وَيُزَكِّهِمْ The Quran mentions in Surah Al-Shams, Allah Azawajal speaks about the creation of the nafs. He speaks about the heaven, he speaks about وَالشَّمْسِ وَضُحَاهَا وَالْقَمْرِ ذَا تَلَهَا وَالنَّهَارِ ذَا جَلَّهَا وَالْلَيْرِ ذَا أَخْشَاهَا وَالسَّمَاءِ وَمَا بَنَهَا وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا طَحَاهَا Allah Azawajal speaks about the sun, he speaks about the moon, right? He speaks about the, uh, the day, and he speaks about the skies. Allah Azawajal speaks about all of these massive, manifest, huge creations of His. He speaks about not just the sun, but when it's fully bright. He doesn't just speak about the moon, but when it's fully lit. He doesn't just speak about the day, but when it's, when it's fully bright. He doesn't just speak about and take an oath on the night, but when it's extremely dark and overwhelms everything. And then he speaks about the creation of the sky, the lofty sky above us. Without any type of, uh, uh, without any type of support or pillar. And then Allah says, وَنَفْسِ وَمَا سَوَاهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this nafs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this nafs and all of the attachments that come with this nafs. All of the attractions and the distractions that come with this nafs. فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then inspired this nafs with the good and the bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired it with the evil method, showed it the evil way. وَتَقْوَاهَا And also inspired it, the option of taking the path of righteousness, the path of God consciousness. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّهَا then this is the beautiful statement the Qur'an says, Indeed, the one who purifies his heart has become successful. The one who has purified this heart has become successful. What an important verse of the Qur'an. That we understand success completely in material things, based on grades, based on income, based on who we get married to, based on our zip code of our address, based on the type of car we're able to purchase, based on the payments we're able to do, the type of credit card we can have, the type of debt we can incur, the type of line of credit we can have, all of these things, my dear friends, is how we size each other up. And we see whether he made it or she made it. He didn't make it or she didn't make it. This is how they become, mashallah, mubarako, and this is mashallah, bichare, miskin, Allah asani for my angeliya. You know, this is how we decide whether you make dua of tahassur and nadama, you feel bad, ya Allah, raise this miskin status. Or does a person say, ya Allah, make me like him? It's all based on material things. Material things, material value, that if I want to become successful, I must look at what people who earn the type of, who, who, who are in my career, what are the type of cars they're driving? What are the type of neighborhoods they're living in? Wallahi, this is where the world is living in, we're living in right now. It's all about a certain status. You have to handle, you have to keep up with the status quo. You have to fit in to that group of people. If not, then we're not invited to those get-togethers. We're not invited to those, those parties in where a certain selection and a section of the community is invited. Because why? We're not driving the right car. We're not, we're not living in the appropriate address. A person feels shameful. I can't invite people to my home. Because why? I live in too humble of a home. Too humble of a place. And a person like me, how can I invite my, my cousins, my uncles and aunts who have moved on to bigger places? When we came from India, when we came from Pakistan, we came from Africa, all lived in so many families living in one apartment and has moved on. You know, Allah gives risk however He wishes. They moved on to bigger 
bigger suburbs and eventually to gated communities and we're still stuck in, in a two-bedroom apartment. So now, we don't, we, our kids don't meet one another. Our children cannot connect with one another. We can't gather together. We can't because why? There's, we're going to suffer an inferiority complex. Our children will suffer an inferiority complex. Our women are looked, on, looked upon differently. They're looked down upon. Their shoes, their clothing, their scarves, their purses. People look. What designer wear? Is it designer wear? Is it not? Uh, is, is, is what, what type? Is it from Macy's or is it from you know, some rip-off from, from made in China off uh, Amazon? Someone found used store, thrift store. Subhanallah, we know what we're speaking about. So much emphasis on the type of phone, the type of cover, the type of keychain, the type of purse, the type of shoes, uh, the type of suit, the type of tie, the type of ring, the type of watch that a person says, you'll invest hundreds of thousands. Why? Just so that you look when you see, oh, this man, he made it. He's successful. He's made it. When you, that same, there's no difference between a $10 and a $100,000 watch. They both give you the exact same thing. The more multi-million dollar watches or $100,000 and above watches, they're actually extremely less technical. Very simple, straightforward. One thing, they'll tell you, it's, they won't even tell you AM or PM. That's it. They won't even tell you AM, PM. You've got to figure out, look outside. That's what it is. Right? And if you're in the Sila conference, mashallah, retreats here, you don't know whether it's AM or PM. You've been here all day. You're not looking outside and you're focused here. Even PM seems like AM, alhamdulillah. Right? So now why does a person invest in that? Because there is this status quo, he keeps up. So subhanAllah, this is the means and the material success that people think. And they have bought into this story. They have bought into this story. That if I take time out to sit in a masjid program, my son and daughter go study the deen for a little bit, then we may lose out on that material success. We may fall behind one year in college. We may fall behind one semester in university. If my child goes and memorizes Qur'an over the summer, or spends a year memorizing Qur'an, spends a year in the one-year program, spends a year studying fiqh and deen and aqidah and seerah, then what will happen? We will lose materialistically. And my, my nephews and nieces will get ahead. What does the Qur'an tell us? That is absolutely not the criteria of success. When we go into the ground, that day is very near. When you and I will be lowered into the ground, into the grave, our... Tax records are not going to be presented to Munkar and Nakir. No. They will not ask for our tax records. They will not ask for our W-2 statements. They will not ask for all of our investments and portfolios. No one will be asked their address. No social security. None of that. My beloved friends, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّهَا Only the one who purified the soul will be the successful one. The one who made an effort quietly in the back of the masjid, in the back of the crowd. No one welcomes him. No one receives him. He's unknown. His presence is not recognized. His absence is not recognized. He is not missed when he's not present. He is not recognized when he is present. Those are the people who die with their desire still hidden in their bosoms. They weren't able to even share their heart's desires of how, what type of marriage they would want it for their wife, for their daughter, for their son, for what type of career they would have liked for their grandson. SubhanAllah, what type of home they would have loved to leave behind for their grandkids. They weren't able to even express that. People would scoff at them. People would make fun of them where to even they share their ambitions and desires that I wish I could have this. No. So they just kept it to themselves and they died without fulfilling any of their dunyawi ambitions because their focus was the akhirah. Their focus was the akhirah. And subhanAllah, they will see that when they, when, they, when they go receive that reward, not even in the akhirah, just the way Munkar and Nakir will descend into the ground, immediately you can tell. Immediately you can tell the way the questions are asked, that what's going on over here. And as soon as those questions are answered, immediately 
the grave will, e will either expand or will get constricted. Either you'll have a bedding from paradise or a bedding from hellfire. Either a window into the paradise from which the breeze you'll enjoy, or Allah forbid, a door into the hellfire from which the blazing heat of hellfire will be felt. Immediately that decision is made and you're able to see based on the tazkiyah, based on whether a person worked on his soul. What does the world tell us? The more arrogant, the more flamboyant, the more narcissistic, the more uh, you know, tough a person is, the higher you make it up into the ladder, the corporate ladder, the political ladder, the more conniving, right? The more conniving a person is, then you can get through cutthroat, they call it, cutthroat. The more cutthroat we are, we can become more successful in building our materialistic empire. The more, the more conniving we are, the more people we can cheat, the more systems we can cheat, the greater the portfolio. This is exactly what the capitalistic world shows us every day, every night, all across the globe. That the more injustice a person brings into his life, the further he gets up into the political realm. Uh, the more, further he gets up into the uh, uh, wealth realm, into the influence realm. And sometimes we look at that, and Allah forbid, we begin to think that that success, that I wish he ha we have what they have, and that's what the Quran, Quran speaks about, Qarun. That he was an oppressive king and he was unjust and he was a, a, an oppressive minister who was oppressive against who? Against himself by denying Allah. Who could be a greater oppressor than the one who lies against Allah? And so when Musa asked him for his zakah, he asked him to pay his dues, what did he say? I don't need to give anything. I have what I have because of my own knowledge, because of my own degrees. Allah Azza wa Jal gets upset at him. Allah Azza wa Jal says, إِنَّمَا أُتِيتُ عَلَىٰ عِلْمٍ مِنْ عِنْدِي أَوَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ أَهْلَكَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِ مِنْ قُرُورِ مَنْ هُوَ أَشَدُّ مِنْ قُوَّةٌ وَأَكْثَرُ جَمْعًا Does he not think for a moment? Does he not reflect for a moment? He, how dare he becomes intoxicated with the wealth? How dare he becomes intoxicated with the, uh, the, the intoxication of strength and power and pomp? Does he not reflect over the fact that there were so many creations before him, so many nations before him, so many powerful people before him? that there is no name of them anymore. No mention of them. No trace of them. They were more powerful. They had more physical strength. They had more wealth. They had larger empires. But they're nowhere to be seen. Their athar, even their remnants are gone. We don't even know where their, where their generations live today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what beautiful Mulana recited in mashallah in Salat al-Maghrib. تِلْكَ الدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ نَجْعَلُهَا لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُرِيدُونَ عُلُوًا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فَسَادًا وَالْعَاقِبَةَ الْمُتَّقِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, تِلْكَ الدَّارُ الْآخِرَةِ You want success in the hereafter, you want the lofty about the hereafter, you're sitting there desiring when you look, look at large homes, you're like, Ya Allah, I want something Millions of times larger than this in Akhirah. You look at a beautiful scenery uh, when you're traveling through of the Pacific or the Atlantic or the Indian Ocean or the Mediterranean Ocean. And you say, Ya Allah, in Jannah, I want to be able to look out from one of my balconies and I want to be able to see endlessly, uh, you know, these beautiful scenes of sunrise and sunset on the ocean and the chirping of the birds and subhanAllah, scent of the roses and the flowers. Ya Allah, one day, I'm going to be in paradise in the company of my spouses and my children and I'm going to be taking a stroll and I'm going to think about all of this that people fought over. And I'm going to think that that literally doesn't even equal to a tiniest of the tiniest corners of one of the millions of my homes in Akhirah. If that's the Akhirah you desire, my friend, then you have to do something for it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that that Akhirah will be for the one لَا يُرِيدُونَ عُلُوًّا فِي الْأَرْضِ For those people who do not aspire, who do not desire, you know, dominance over everyone else. 
They don't want to be arrogant. They don't want to be necessarily dominant and over, overarching and overpower, overpowering everyone else. fasada, And they don't desire chaos and corruption on the earth. The end beautiful result will be for those who are God conscious. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very clear. After he destroyed Qarun, when Qarun's army came out, what happened? Well, this all related to Tazkiyah. When you don't do Tazkiyah, the, 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 the height of it is Qarun. The height of it is Fir'aun. The height of it is Haman. The height of it is Namrud. The height of it is Abu Jahl. The height of it is the Fara'in of today. Those are people who absolutely did not for once said, yes, my clothes look beautiful. My horse looks amazing. My palace looks great. Right? My, uh, my servants look amazing. But what about my heart? Let me just take one quick glance at this. What's happening over here? So much emphasis on the lawn. So much emphasis on the, uh, the exterior of the house. So much emphasis. SubhanAllah, today they have a service that allows you to clean $15, $20 a month. They come and clean your garbage can, which is great. But it's nice. MashaAllah, I was thinking of how nice this country is. We have a whole system of money, making money off of what? Cleaning our garbage cans. So nice. But what about the heart? The heart, when was the last time someone sat there and said, let's look at this thing. What's got over here? What, what type of filth has been, been you know, gathering over here? Immediately as soon as the garbage comes together, in our kitchen, in our bathroom, we go dump it out. We can't stand it. When was the last time the ummah looked at the heart? It doesn't look far. We can see, we can see the dirt and the filth on, on leaves. People spend thousands of dollars, hundreds of hours with back-breaking work cleaning up their leaves only to find the next day another 100,000 leaves have fallen into their backyard. And then they spend the next day again. And then the third and the fourth. Entire days and weeks are spent on removing those leaves from the backyard, front yard. But not one hour or one minute to simply look at the heart and to say, what type of, not leaves, but what type of massive weeds are growing into this heart over here. Such weeds that do not allow a single seed of iman to sprout. Any type, this is like, you know, this is like an iman killer here. It's as though the weeds have taken over. Do not allow normal grass to grow. Normal plantation, normal vegetation to grow. Any type of dini talk, any Quranic verse, any hadith that is presented, the heart unfortunately has become so darkened and blackened. And since it has not been tilled, the weeds have not been cleansed, that is why nothing is able to take root inside there. So those people, these are the examples of the people who, who really didn't work at it all and they were filled with shirk in their hearts. But then you have the people who are Muslims, maybe. But the, yet they didn't make effort on, on their heart. Allah as well says, that when فَخَرَجَ عَلَىٰ قَوْبِ فِي زِينَتِهِ When Qarun, he decided to come out with his pomp and, and, and group of people in his entourage, those people who desired the worldly life. My beloved friends, after shirk and kufr, this is the biggest disease, which is love of materialistic things. Love of the material world. Giving preference to the material world over the akhirah. There's no greater fitna that Rasulullah warned us about than materialism. There is nothing more harmful for the ummah, nothing more harmful for the heart than materialism. And the greatest test of that materialism will come in the form of Dajjal at the end of times. Materialism is the greatest disease of the heart from which everything else comes about. The love of the world, the love of materialistic things is the root cause of every sin. 
every sin. Subhanallah. When the tazkiyah is not done, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those people who desired the akhirah, Ya layta lana mithla ma utiya qarun. They sat there with the eyes of envy. And they looked at the entourage of Qarun going through. The procession of Qarun going through. How, what a big procession. Maybe many of you have seen professions, processions of wealthy people or, or, or famous people. But we have never seen a, pro a procession like which the Quran mentions. That the keys of the treasures were so many, so vast and so heavy that it required a strong group of men to simply carry the keys to the treasures of Qarun. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Even his own people got sick and tired of his obnoxious behavior. They got sick and tired of his materialism. They got sick and tired of his narcissism. They got sick and tired of his worship of the ego. And the worship of his materialism. That do not be excellent. Do not be arrogant like this. Don't scoff at people just because you have money. Don't scoff at people because you have materialistically more than what others have. Inna Allah la yuhabbul farihin. Allah Azza wa Jalla does, does not like those people who are overindulged in their materialistic things and are haughty and arrogant and, and are enjoying their life at the cost of others. Instead, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَبْتَغِفِي that use the material things that Allah has given you. No one's telling you to throw it away. Use that to earn akhirah. That's why Allah gave you and I material things. For a Muslim, a material, material value, material things. Material things are there to be able to earn our palaces in the hereafter. No one says to throw away money. No one says do not earn wealth. Do not misunderstand what we're speaking about here. We have to ensure that wealth stays only in our hands does not come into our hearts. As soon as, like a ship, simple thing. The ship requires the water to, to flow in. The ship requires the water to move. But no sooner is a hole created and the ship, the water gets into the ship, it sinks. We cannot function without being in this material world. We need the material things to move forward. We needed a, we needed a car to come here for, for to attend the program. We needed transportation to come here. We needed food to, to stay here. My dear friends, but the idea is we cannot allow these things to take root in our heart. So those people who had not done taski of their nafs, and they were simply desirous of the hereafter, of the akhirah, I'm sorry, of the materialistic of this world, they said, how we wish we had what Qarun has. Indeed, he is one lucky man. Hadh means he has a great share. Has a great share. Our beloved Ustad, and many students of my ustad are sitting here as well. MashaAllah, Mawlana Chuksi Sahab. SubhanAllah. He would sit there and he would say, when, when the, uh, he would explain this, this ayat beautifully to the students of knowledge. You know, I cannot do justice to the way he explains it. But he would say, when, <laughs> you know, he says, Wo jo maldar madrasa mein. Or, you know, baayin haath se ulti tarikhi se beardi pita hai. Or uske ek ungli mein, BMW ki chabiyan hilata rehta yun. Haan. Beardy pee raha ek taraf se. Or ek taraf BMW ki chabiyan hilata raha hai. Or phir nojawan madrasa ke bachche dekh rahe hai. To he would explain. Baaz aise bhi hote hain. Ki dekhe ke hai kaash humar paas ye hota. Hai kaash humar paas ye hota. Ki bai iski Mercedes dekho. Iski BMW dekho. Iski shan o shokat dekho. 
He said, there'll be certain people who come into the madrasa. He said, they'll be, they'll be smoking in front of the kids and they'll be, you know, showing off their latest model of their car with the keys of their, you know, expensive German-Italian car in their fingers like this. And he says, you have people looking at them, gawking at them, gawking at them, gawking at sports cars, gawking at expensive cars. This is it. When we gawk, this is exactly what's going on over here. He said, they were gawking at that. And they said, We wish we had what they had. We wish what Qarun has, we could have. That's exactly what's going to happen. The people who, the Qarun, when he came, he did that. He enjoys that. This is what you call materialism. When you enjoy people looking at you. When you enjoy, you want people to line up and take pictures of you. You want people to put on Instagram, whoa, look what just drove by. If that's in the heart, that's materialism. That's the greatest disease that we're suffering from. There's nothing wrong with driving a nice car. But subhanAllah, can you drive a nice car hoping that no one sees you in it? Hoping that no one, none of your friends should see you driving that? And that you keep it low-key? And that you cannot attract the attention of little kids? Say, oh, we wish you could have that. And if you hear that, you say, my dear boy, please don't say that. Wallahi, one subhanAllah, you just said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wallahi, it's infinitized better than what I have. Can you say that? Like it's mentioned in Nafhat al-Arab, when Sulaiman alayhi throne was flying. No one has a flying car like this. With all its 300 viziers or more or less. And he was with his jinn and humans. And his magic carpet. He's flowing. In, in a matter of hours, he would travel the distance of a month. And he's traveling and a farmer is there working. And he looks up. And he says, wow, Nabi Suleiman, Malik Suleiman, King Suleiman is out for a trip today. He says, subhanAllah. Anyway, he continued working. In minutes, that huge, massive procession of Suleiman with his jinns and humans landed in his farm. He got so scared, he got worried, what's happening? And Suleiman says, go, go call the farmer. He asks, what is it? What is it? Oh king, oh sire, oh master, oh prophet, at your service. He said, what did you just say? What did you say a few minutes ago? He, nothing, nothing. What did you say? No. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that, وَسَخَرْنَا لَهُ الرِّيحَ تَجْرِي بِأَمْرِهِ Allah had made the, the air, the atmosphere, the air subjugated to Sulaiman. The air would travel, the air would bring to him any news, anything he wanted. He sit on the air, like today we have the airwaves transporting Bluetooth and data and all sorts of other satellite imagery, satellite things. Yeah? So you see a type of tasheer happening here. Well, this is what happened over here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without any of these towers, had made the air subjugated to him. He heard it. He came, he said, What did you say? After he realized what I said, I just praised Allah. I just praised Allah. I said, SubhanAllah. He said, Let me tell you one thing. That one SubhanAllah that you said is far superior than everything that Suleiman has. Because whatever Suleiman has, whatever Suleiman has and whatever you all have in this material world will all come to an end. And whatever you sent with Allah by doing good deeds is what's going to re remain forever. So, my dear friends, when he came out, he had this haughtiness. He wanted people to look at him. And sure enough, people fell into that trap. Who did not do tazkiyah of the heart? And they said, ya We wish we had what Qarun had. Indeed, he is one lucky person. He made it in life. He's gone ahead. He's gone very ahead. He's gone very ahead. Subhanallah. And then our Ustad would say that this is the people who didn't make tazkiyah. They would look at this. But he said, you all, you are students of knowledge. You are living, you are staying in the madrasa. You have worked on your heart and you have done tazkiyah. You should have done tazkiyah of the heart. And this is the address to all of you here. Because you are also students of knowledge. If you are here in this retreat, you are a student of knowledge. 
for, it started off for one day, but you make niyyah, it will be for the rest of your life. Say inshallah, that you remain students of knowledge, I remain a student of knowledge. Those who are given knowledge in iman, what did it say? Sorry. Those who are given knowledge, they were said, woe to you, you're crazy, you've lost your mind. Is this something to be envious over? Is this something to desire? Especially look at the man who's got it. He is one of the biggest disbelievers on the earth. Why would you desire what a disbeliever has? You can understand the fact that the disbeliever has this means 100% this is not a blessing for him. This is an adab for him. This is nothing for us to be envious over. This is a punishment so that liyazdadu ithmam so that they increase in their sin. Right? So that they use this wealth for even further doing wrong. And it's a hujjatullah. It's Allah's proof piling up against such people. So the people of knowledge, what did they say? وَيْلَكُمْ Woe to you. Thawabullahi khair. The worship, the, the reward of Allah, khair, is so much superior and so much far better. لِمَنْ آمَنَ وَعَمِلَ صَالِحًا For those who have faith and who do good deeds. وَلَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا الصَّابِرُونَ To have faith in good deeds and not to leave, lead a materialistic lifestyle, it requires what? وَلَا يُلَقَّاهَا إِلَّا صَابِرُونَ It requires sabr. Yes. Because your nafs will desire, I want this, I want this. Oh, I want to compete with her, I want to compete with him. You have to make sabr to say, no, I'm not here in this competition game here. Uh-uh. I will get, fulfill my needs, but I cannot, will not spend one dollar just to please someone. One dollar to appease someone. One dollar to impress someone. We have what we have. If we've got paper plates, then guess what? If I eat in paper plate, you better eat in a paper plate too. That's it. That's how we eat. That's how we can afford. If I have a simple one dollar plate from Ikea, then guess what? You're going to eat with me in that. Don't expect me to spend the thousands of dollars just because I have to live up to your standard. It doesn't work like that. A person who's got, who, who understands that it's not worth it to spend money to please people. Instead, I'd rather use that money for the akhirah. To take care of, maybe get two people married in India. Or to, take care, or to build uh, five wells in Africa. Right? To take care of a hundred orphans in Syria. Let me use that money. If you need something, you have a certain standard of living, alhamdulillah, no problem. But don't spend even one dollar to impress anyone. Because we're not here to impress anyone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Once a person gets into this game, then it's no end. There's no end. Then you'll have no money left to give even zakat. Because materialism and the greed for more is such a greed that is never satiated. It's such a hunger that never satiated. It's such a, it's such a bill that you will never have enough money to fulfill that. Pay it off. The Quran, the hadith says, وَلَنْ يَمْلَأَ فَمَهُ إِلَّا تراب, That the son of Adam is so greedy he wants more and more and more. Nothing will satiate his stomach except for the soil of the grave. When that goes into the mouth, and the people say, And they throw it in his mouth, and that mud and soil gets into his mouth, then he'll realize it's over. The game is over. Now he will look. Did I do tazkiyah? Guess what? You don't need to even look. Munkar and Nakir will let you know very quick whether the tazkiyah of the, of the nafs was done or not. So this Quran, the Quran says that those people who do good deeds and has faith, their reward in the akhirah, the contentment they'll enjoy in this dunya, far exceeds any enjoyment that the people of materialistic lifestyles have. It's fake. They cover it up with cosmetics. They cover it up with expensive clothing. But inside the heart is hollow. 
the heart is empty. By Allah, we can take a qasam and we can say that. A heart that is devoid of the love of Allah. The heart that is devoid of la ilaha illallah. The heart that is devoid of the love of Rasulullah can never be a content heart. Can never be a happy heart. It's fake, my friends. It's fake. Like people who, who get drunk and they think they're, they, they're, they're thinking they're happy and they say stuff. Oh, I'm so happy. You've seen drunk people out this week. And what do you say? You just laugh at him. Bichara, miskin, ya Allah. Wait, wait till this all, you know, wait till he gets out of this uh, phase and he'll be on the street lying somewhere, Allah forbid. Then he'll realize where, where this life ended. Where the happiness he was having, that excitement is having. Guess what? The greatest intoxication beyond any drug is the intoxication of materialism. And that unfortunately, a drunkard who is drunk, drinking alcohol, in 12 hours, he'll be over, he'll be sober. But the one who is drunk with materialism, he doesn't get sober the entire life until that soil gets into his mouth. And it's too late then. That's how dangerous this is. That a, this is where the tiskia lies in. This is the biggest disease we're facing. And what Nabi Wasallam spoke about. The work on, work on this nafs, this soul, that it is becomes purified from everything besides Allah. My beloved friends, this topic is obviously a massive topic which ulama have written extensively on. But this is one of the focuses of the prophets. And our success will come only through this. And the one who does not fulfill the cleansing of this heart, doesn't fulfill the purpose of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do with this heart. Khaba. Khaba wa khasira. He, is, he has completely lost it. He is a loser. The one who does not focus on purification of this heart. From jealousy, from malice, from hatred, from arrogance, from conceit, from desire for name and fame, from falling to our lust, lower base desires, and many, many, many other diseases. Alright? But one big one that we've been emphasizing is material things. Now, let's link this up with the topic of Brick by brick, building a Muslim community. My beloved friends, when we are doing any effort in our community, and we want to build a community, we have to go to the crux, the unit, the atom, where it all starts off from, which is the heart. Before we fundraise and build a masjid, before we fundraise and build a gym, before we start making plans for a community center, an Islamic school, let's focus on the hearts of the people. This is what Nabi Wasallam did. You can have a simple small place. People are so worried. I including myself. Oh, but subhanAllah, we need to have this building. We need to have that building. We need to have this structure, that structure. But what is, when will the community start focusing on the condition of the hearts of those who already are coming to the masjid? And then the hearts of those who are not coming to the masjid. The hearts of the family members of those who are coming to the masjid. The hearts of the family members of those who are not coming to the masjid. When does that, when does that come in? Or is it, do we just focus on building with bricks and mortar? No. If we're going to build and focus on construction of material things only, then, you know, non-Muslims build, Muslims build. What's the difference? People come in here sometimes and they take pictures all the time of the chandelier, take pictures of the masjid. Sometimes, I remember years ago, years, years ago, there was a, uh, a, a president of one masjid came here and he looked at this chandelier I was giving it a tour and he's like oh wow he took a picture of it he's like but you, you know where is this from how much did it cost how many this is you know I told him you, you like the chandelier this big huh I said yeah you know I have a bigger one also he said oh where is that I said it's downstairs and imagine him he's thinking man if this is in the main hall what must be how deep does their basement go so I took him downstairs and downstairs there was a open house taking place of our one year students the one year students about seven years ago 
one-year students, mashallah, they were doing an open house like we did today in the side hall over here. And I say, President Saab, you sit here and listen to this. This is the chandelier. This is the chandelier I'm speaking about. This is what I want you to compete with me in. I want you, I want all the masjids to compete in this. That we're going to fill up our masjids. We're going to have, we're going to have gatherings of knowledge. We're going to make sure every single board member's children are in the masjid. Every single donor's masjids are in the, are in the masjid. Every single volunteer's masjid, every single volunteer's children are in the masjid. That's what the competition is supposed to be about. Competition is not on paper. How much do we have in the account? How many square footage is our building? How many acres is the land? How big is the endowment fund? What's the vision for the next five years, ten years? SubhanAllah. If the vision includes tazkiyah, mashallah, that's great. But if it's just more buildings and more buildings, then you know what? There's no difference between us and others. That's just material things. The focus of building a community, why this topic is included in this retreat or the Sira conference, is that it must, in order to have a successful, prophetic, Madani-like community, the emphasis must be on the souls and the hearts and the minds of individuals. We must focus on the condition of each of us. How are we progressing? Our talks, our topics, our workshops, our seminars, our Jummah khutbas must include this as a very strong underlying theme. It must be part of our mission and our vision that we want to see a, a time when 100% of our community is performing salah five times a day. And a good 100% of the men of the community are praying at least once salah in the masjid on a daily basis. And 100% of the community is fasting in the month of Ramadan. 100% of the community has beautiful character between parents and children, between husband and wife, between siblings. 100% of the community is honest in their dealings. There are no cheating, no deception in business dealings, in buying and selling. That is all part of the tazkiyah. When we as leaders of the community, mashallah, we have so many brothers and sisters from different states who are here and different communities. You are mashallah representatives of your own areas. Go back to your areas with this niyyah, with this intention. That we must focus on working on our souls. We must focus on looking at the numbers of ours. How much have we progressed spiritually? Let's stop focusing on pie graphs and charts and quick books and you know, balance sheets. Instead, Let's focus on the spiritual balance sheet, the spiritual pie graph, the spiritual bar graph of our community. And if we do not have a scholar and imam that specializes in spirituality and the disease of the heart and the solutions, how do you expect to even go one foot ahead? It's not going to happen. We must have scholars, mashayikh, who focus on the aspect of tazkiyah to nafs available in our communities. And if you don't have them in your community, then drive 500 miles, drive 1,000 miles. If you find a specialist for a rare disease in the other part of the country, do we not jump onto a flight and go? We, what, what is this? What type of disease are you waiting for? We are suffering from every single type of disease. This heart has become blackened and darkened. We're worried about, you know, one cough everyone looks at. What's going on with this guy? SubhanAllah, wallahi, if we feared the disease of the heart, a tenth of what we fear COVID, we would be the best Muslims right now. That Allah's help, the angels would be right here. We wouldn't need to even do anything. But there is no fikr and concern that this is something called the heart that I need to work on. So let's take this initiative today that we are going to start doing some introspection. Not on the community, but ourselves. Again, we go to the same problem. If you start speaking, community Community, what? You are the building block of the community. How much have you worked on yourself? First stop, I just have to tell this too. Every time when I travel, my hosts many times, they badmouth the community. Or many times my hosts say, why people don't listen? Why they don't do this? And, and then it, it, it upsets me. I'm like, okay, forget the people. What are you doing? 
Let's, let's see, let me say about that. And then afterwards, they open up. Yeah, my son is out. My daughter is out. My wife is here. I'm, okay, well, you know why there? Because you're focusing on the rest of the people, finding fault in everyone else, and instead of focusing on your own home. Focus. If you've got issues at home, why are you sitting there finding fault in other people? Finding fault in the community? The one who keeps on saying that people are destroyed, he's the one who destroyed them. Don't say people are bad, people are worse. Let's start focusing on ourselves. And then by example, we lead. So let's focus on our takhliya, removal of the disease. of uh, disease, And then tahliya, we work on beautification of it. How do we go quickly go about doing it? Of course, go read books on spirituality. In our bookstore downstairs, we have a whole section dedicated to spirituality. This is a small section of what's out there in the world. But there's beautiful, thorasi, classical books translated into English. Really nice books. Very nice print. Go downstairs and pick up books specifically on spirituality. I tell this to the madrasa students too. As you go into the library, you want to go to the fiqh section. You want to go to the tafsir section. You want to go to rijal section. You want to go to various sections. I say, how many of you go to the suluk section? How many of you go to the tazkiyah section of the library? I asked this to the IFTA students as well and from other institutions. I said, do you even think about, what is that? Is that just for show? In the library, we have this huge section on Tezkiah. What is that meant for? Who's going to read that? I need to read that. You need to read that. Because there's nothing more important in the library than that. Focusing on the spirituality. of If we got that right, then everything's right. If that's messed up, everything's messed up. So I would definitely recommend brothers and sisters here to purchase some books on that if you don't already have some. Number two is to find daily time in our own homes to sit and read these books with our family and our children. We're going to sit and read through Bidayatul Hidayah. We're going to sit and read through, uh, you know, Kabair Al-Kabair. We're going to sit there and read through one of the other books, Subhanallah, Imam Ghazali's Ihya, or the, 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 the condensed version of it. Various Arabain fi usul al-Din. Beautiful books there. Sit and have a, a circle of reading at home. Number two, after we read at home, we're going to do some dhikr. Uh, Mashallah, how many of you have said that SubhanAllah, you love the dhikr that's taking place here? Or in the various cities that, we, you know, that you've heard it in? Why not bring that, what you like, why don't you take it home? Take it home. It's all, you know, Alhamdulillah, sit and do dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at home with your children, with your spouse. Do it out loud. Listen to, you know, various types of dhikr there, and it will touch the heart. Number three is that, make sure on a weekly basis, find a gathering of ilm and dhikr in the masjid in your community. If it means you have to drive an hour, so be it. Drive. And if some of you are coming from extremely far-flung places where there is nothing even an hour's distance, then connect with a scholar online. And every single weekly majlis, weekly dars that they have, listen to it attentively as though you are present in their own majlis actively in person. That's the best you can. You can put it on, let the family sit together and listen with that niyyah. And inshallah Allah will give you that, 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 the nur that you are looking for. My beloved brothers and sisters, this is a long journey. But this is the start. So all of us, inshallah, make niyyah that we will start reading into this subject matter. And we will start reading it at home. We'll start doing dhikr at home. We will start being more mindful of our own selves. We will start, inshallah, connecting ourselves with these with masajid and gatherings of knowledge and dhikr. If we do not come, everyone who calls me, every day we get calls. My son, get this issue. Immediately I says, does he pray salah? No. Does he recite Quran? He's 15 years old. He's almost there. But what do you expect? If you're not praying, you haven't taught about recite Qur'an yet, you're still figuring out things, and you don't think gatherings like this are necessary, then if you don't have problems, what else are you expecting? It's just so straightforward. Such a simple thing. If our children are not here, we're definitely going to have problems. 
And so the Ummah solutions is not outside of the masjid. It's inside the masjid. I hope Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows you and I to remain pegs of the masjid. Allows us to become a means of bringing thousands of people into the, his house. Allows us to have beautiful enlightened hearts. And that allow our hearts to become masabihu duja. As Rasulullah mentions, that their hearts are so lit up that they become the lanterns in the times of darkness. That our mere presence in gatherings brings light much stronger than this. And that people with our presence are able to start differentiating between right and wrong and are inspired to do what's right. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, put effect into my words and allow myself to put into practice in all of you and whatever beneficial things were shared, it was indeed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah azza wa jal to grant qubuliyah and acceptance to all of you who are here. Alhamdulillah, we have the rest of the evening as well. A few more hours, I request you to those of you who are local, Please still invite your family and friends who are an hour away, half hour away. Ask them to come participate. The program will end at 10.30 with dhikr and dua. And remember, tonight is a special night that none of us have witnessed. I can sure none of you have witnessed. Tonight we're going to make dua. We're going to have the full tally of how many salawat were done. And we're looking at about the millions. Millions. I, know, I have never myself witnessed and none of my colleagues have witnessed a gathering when so much salawat was done. So tonight is going to be that dua. Why you want to deprive your family and your children from that? Ask them to be here, inshallah, after Isha. Try to call, and if they are in another state, ask them to join in online. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this gathering way superior than what we are expecting it to be. And may it make it accepted in His court. Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanakallah, bihamdi, inshallah, ilaha illa ant, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.